0: It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Nick Verzellini and Colin McLaughlin.
1: It's a Monday, October 23rd. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop here on the Sports Sports Mix. Not the Sports Knicks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would be a cool name
0: if I were to kick you guys off of the show. But it, The sports Knicks start their season this week, so, you know. It's true, yeah.
1: Uh, them and then and the rest of the NBA. But we're not going to talk to the NBA because it's football season, do Not quite. Um, and we're
0: not talking the Knicks, even if it is.
1: Well, you never know, season, you right? We need to Temical. get a second
0: Nick so that this can be the sports Knicks.
1: Yeah, or two Knicks, and then I get rid of you guys. Sports Nick's. Or like you guys
0: change your name to Nick. You need an evening uh, show on here that can be Nick at Night. Nick at Night.
1: That would be interesting. The I thing think is that I'm. Ready. We're already on like Maybe. every evening already with high school sports, pretty much. That's so. true. So after that. After wow, you guys got me working like seventy hours a week then. But yeah.
0: So no, we're good. not the ones paying. Yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> <laughs> our show brought to you by Brown Funeral Home and Cremation, Robert Fields and Sons, family-owned, full-service funeral home, proudly serving our area since 1880.
1: Yeah, and on the show today, as I was going to get that, over that real quick, uh, we got high school football to discuss, a lot of good games Friday night, uh, college football, of course. Shepard just absolutely dominating Westchester on Saturday. WVU falls again. Is this the collapse for the Mountaineers that we feared may be coming after that tough loss to Houston? Um, The NFL picks up. The Commanders still look kind of shaky against bad teams with a loss to the Giants. The Ravens get a dominating win over the Lions. Steelers beat the Rams. And, of course, Tyson Bagent is the big news on this Monday morning across the NFL. So, lots to talk about on the show today. Um, but let's jump into high school football from Friday night, guys. And then we'll talk about the game that we aired here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Martinsburg getting a good win over a quality Spring Mills team, 23-6. to 6. Bulldogs remain undefeated. We expect them to jump up in the rankings after number one Huntington fell. They're the last remaining undefeated team in AAA. So uh, a lot to be excited about. I think if you're a Bulldog fan, then we'll start with, I guess, your guys' takeaways from that one since you guys had the call.
0: Well, funny enough, the, my t- main takeaway was how impressed I was with the losing team. Because it was the first time that we would seen Spring Mills all year. Obviously, well, yeah,
1: Dylan, we know. You hate the Bulldogs. Right,
0: you know.
2: <laughs> Apparently.
0: Yeah. But, no, Martinsburg obviously looked good. I mean, I think they're the best team in state. And, obviously, Huntington losing kind of backs that up. And now they're the only undefeated. But I did come away really impressed with Spring Mills. They, they, level, they lived up to the hype. They did a lot better than Jefferson, Musselman, and everyone else in the EPAC has done so far this year. And I think they were able to get a lot going on offense. In some ways, the, the final score actually could have been even closer because two points that Martinsburg got was on a safety where the the snap went through the hands mm-hmm. of of the Spring Mills punter. There was a blocked punt by Martinsburg in there as well, where it was you could argue it was a self enforced. Error by by Spring Mills not having a their punter back as far as you would like him to be, but that might just be you know where they need to punt from with their with their long snapping, and then Spring Mills also went for it and near the goal line and just barely came up short you know a yard short.
1: They went for two as well.
0: Right, went for two and uh, didn't get it on that. So, I mean, so there's about you know 10, 10, 11, 12 points. Spring Mills pretty easily left on the board.
1: Or gave on a safety or whatever. But I yeah. mean, those also changed the course of the game. So Martinsburg might have been a little bit more aggressive if the right. game was closer or whatever the case Yeah, is.
0: Martinsburg left some points on the board too. Yeah. So, it, I mean, Spring Mills got their own stop at the goal line. That was what led to that punt that resulted in the safety. Right. But overall, uh, I think Spring Mills showed that they, have, they can at least hang this year in the playoffs with probably just about any team in West Virginia. It's just Martinsburg's on a different level.
1: Yeah, I think Spring Mills can make a run is what they proved. Um, And they could be a a fun team to watch this postseason. But ultimately, you still come away with it, I think, just impressed with the win that Martinsburg got because this was, like we said, like, a game we really didn't know how good Martinsburg was because they hadn't played anybody in the state that we knew was considered you know, elite. They've played some great teams out of state, but those teams are having down seasons. So it's like we know what we think Martinsburg is, but we really hadn't seen it against an in-state team that we know based on what they've done as a quality team. And and they, I mean, they did it a few times, obviously Jefferson they beat, but this was a top five type team uh, that was getting a lot of praise in Spring Mills that we thought could be a close game. It felt like a bigger game than the Jefferson game, at least to me, because we've seen what they've done to Jefferson in the past. And yeah, we've seen what they've done to Spring Mills in the past, but it seems like this year Spring Mills, uh, it was just way better, and I think if they play Jefferson right now, they might win that game, and and, and from that second half on, they've been probably the second-best team in the EPAC. So it felt like a different game, at least to me. And for Martinsburg to come out, win by multiple scores... Still look really good in some areas, especially running the football. Didn't have the best passing day. Neither team did, though. Yeah. Those teams yeah. really had
2: to become one-dimensional. There was some rain,
1: right, if I'm some. remembering correctly? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Some. So. There was only about,
0: I think there was 10 completions in the game
2: in total. Both yeah. teams I combined. think you said eight. I don't know. Uh, in the eight. broadcast, you said eight. I'd have to go back and look okay. at the stats. It, it it was eight I went back to I listen. Was,
1: yeah. I think you said Murphy completed four
0: passes. I think, I think yeah. both quarterbacks completed
1: I think, four. Four. I think they both only completed four. Yeah, That sounds about right. It wasn't a whole lot. And uh, the only and Max might have only completed two. I could be wrong though, but I know he had one pass for 61 yards and then the other for 16, I believe. And that was it. Four it the, so nine. Four.
2: Okay. Yep. four. okay Murphy five of 13. Uh, Max four for 11. Okay. So both teams really tried to run the ball if you want to say it's weather, that's fine. If maybe that's just the game plan because of how talented both teams feel like their backfields are maybe more than their outside guys maybe as well. But I want to start talking about how incredible this defense for the Bulldogs has been oh, yeah. because we, we talked about this at the start of the game that spring mills, we, we knew had the talented offense. We knew led by Max Anderson, having guys like Alex Eaton, Keon Mills, This team could put up numbers, but the fact that Martinsburg still held Spring Mill's offense to about the average that you've been seeing all season long from this Martinsburg defense is absolutely tremendous, and the way that they can even score too, even though now they're being outscored 46-44 just on the defensive end alone from how many points that the defense have had, whether it's the safeties or the pick sixes, the fumbles, this team is really good, and it definitely showed the still net yards hold the ground game of Spring Mills to under, I believe, 100 just barely. I think it was 99 if you include the sacks, and also only holding them to six points, shutting them out in the second half as well. Even with all the penalty yards that they had, getting the goal line stands, the defense is definitely the best part of this team. Yeah, like we went in the
0: halftime of that game we gave our stat rundown I was like wow Alex Eaton has 95 yards on the Martinsburg rush defense that's r- incredibly impressive but then you take into account one about 54 of those were on one one run down towards the goal line and then in the second half I think Alex Eaton might have had
2: 10 yards
0: rushing I mean, yeah, to the stats that we yeah.
2: got uh he finished with a net of 103 so okay so but you guys were awful Anderson only had 3 um. So, you go from there. The team finished with negative seven. They didn't have exactly who that was, uh, depending on some players. So, problems with sack that, or bad snap or whatever yeah. the case was. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, there uh, was at least one of those. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you take away, like I said, like Martinsburg proving it once again against the team in the state that we knew how good they were. But I do think you do come away pretty surprised, I think, that this was as close as it was in some ways because for Spring Mills this shows that they can be a team that's ready to compete right now um, and make a run come tor- or come playoff time. So. I don't know for certain, but this feels like the closest game Martinsburg's played in the back, at least in terms of final score. I have, I think, an
2: answer for you. Okay, good. In the last 16 years, because that's what we've been saying is the last time uh, Martinsburg lost, which was Jefferson beating them 16 years ago. So it looks like, from what I see, at least the other closest one that Martinsburg still won, 2015, October 2nd. Against Washington, sixteen to seven. Okay. So that's the only time anybody else has really been this close in the EPAC. In if the you EPAC, t- yes. If you told me Martinsburg, it, it,
0: we fast forward a couple weeks it, and you know into the playoffs, you say, "Hey, Martins, the final score of the state championship game or the state semis before that is Martinsburg winning the game against insert blank team here." 23-6. to six. I'd say that sounds about right. That sounds about, you know, the competition they'd be playing there.
1: There's been some state championships that were worse than that, too.
0: Right. So I'd say, okay, yeah, I can see that. You know, really, they come up against a really good team that can, you know, slow them down a little bit on offense. And, you know, 23-6, sure, yeah, why not? So I think Spring Mills can be on that level with everyone else in the state.
1: Yeah, and I think part of it, too, it, it seems like Spring Mills played with a lot more confidence maybe than some of these other teams uh just what you got from max in that interview you know he seemed very confident about his team's abilities and i think that helps you know when you're playing the bulldogs you can't go in intimidated or you're going to lose right away so um i like what this team's doing i think they're continuing to get better we'll see maybe next year they can even make it closer who knows with that group we'll see uh Staying together, but overall, good win for Martinsburg. I fought a good performance from Spring Mills. We have to move on, though. Talk about some of these other games. Jefferson gets a win over Musselman, thirty-three to fourteen. This was pretty much right on track with these teams' averages in terms of scoring. Uh, Jefferson coming in averaging about twenty-nine points per game, and Musselman was averaging about fourteen points per game. And the Appleman, it looks like just from the outside looking at this game, uh, this team just continues to struggle to score. And that seems to be the difference because it was kind of close early, but for the most part, Jefferson was in control throughout, it seemed like. And uh, a good win for the Cougars. And now this Musselman team, I'm interested to see where they'll sit in the rankings because they're 3-5. and five. We know Spring Valley got a win, so they should probably jump ahead of them. Um, but do they still have a shot at the playoffs as of right now at 3-5? and five? Because we thought about it. Maybe they can sneak in at 4-6 and six with that strength of schedule. Yeah. Uh, it should be interesting, but they're obviously going to need a win this week against Washington, Washington getting a 38 nothing win over Hampshire, um, showing that they have some explosiveness on offense, but they haven't really shown against quality, top-level teams like we expect Musman to be. Um, but, again, Mussman's 3-5. and five. You are what your record says you are is what some people believe, right? Bill Parcells. Um, I don't know if that's 100% true because this team's played some really good teams. Uh, And if they played, you know, lesser competition, I'm sure they'd be better than three and five. But right now, I think the big thing is, like, if you can't put the ball in the end zone, it's going to be tough to win no matter who you're playing. So if Washington can get some good defense this week against Musselman, maybe they pull it off. I don't know. But uh, certainly wouldn't have thought that we'd be having that discussion, I think, before the season. And this isn't necessarily disrespectful to Washington. It's just we didn't think they'd be the same record as Musselman
2: at this point, I don't think.
0: No, I I'll think that Washington's a little ahead of schedule, and Mar- uh, Musselman's taking a bit of a step back.
2: Yeah, I'll be honest. I did not think this. So looking at this week's game, both teams 3-5, and five, you definitely have, I feel like, more intrigue into it because of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could probably still get in if you're Musselman at 4-6, and six, but you're definitely not getting in at 3-7. and seven. And we've talked about the strength schedule. Maybe they can find a way in. Um, but they definitely need this one because a bad wa- this would be a bad loss to Washington, and then I wouldn't really believe that you would beat Parkersburg. And that's not saying that Washington's bad necessarily, but it just what you thought before the season is that Musselman was at least a playoff team, um, and then to fall to three and six, and then probably lose to Parkersburg as well, be three and seven. You wouldn't really
2: expect that. Yeah, so. we we, we kind of talked about it last week. Momentum, the way things are going. Mm-hmm. I mean. Washington should have a lot of momentum going into this game because they just won against Hampshire, who we know definitely has some talent, maybe not yeah. one of the best teams in AAA, but they got some guys out there that can make plays, catch you off guard, and they shut them out. 38 nothing win for Washington on the road. But is that better than a 33-14 loss to
1: Jefferson? I mean, really is what it comes down to. Like When you're looking at it, Like, yeah, they won, and I'm not taking away from the win, but it is Hampshire. And, like, Hampshire isn't exactly a power. Jefferson is. You lost by a few touchdowns. It wasn't your best performance, obviously. They continue to struggle offensively. Right. Where's the momentum? But what is Washington going to do against that Muslim defense is the other thing. So I think it should be a really interesting matchup. Maybe Washington has built this momentum that they can pull off an upset like that. Uh, But it's almost hard to call an upset because both teams have the same record. So it's like a really weird situation heading into this week. And and I don't know how to feel about Musselman right now. I I don't have a ton of confidence because they haven't been able to score consistently. Um, But it does seem like they could probably find a way to beat Washington in like a low-scoring game if it comes down to that.
0: I think I would still lean towards Musselman until I actually saw it happen. Because I think they have just the athletes to, you know, overpower Washington. I mean, Washington, you just but.
1: compare their scores against similar opponents, I know that's kind of a bad way to do things because every opponent's different. and
0: Styles make fights. Styles
1: make fights, yeah. But, I mean, they were way closer against Martinsburg than Washington was. They were closer against, well, they haven't played Jefferson yet, but you will presume that they'll be closer than, than Jefferson was. So, I don't know. I feel like Musselman's a better team still, but their record isn't great. Their their games last few weeks have kind of been shaky, and it's just, you know, can they put up the points to, to beat somebody that has the ability to put up points like Washington has? And I think, overall, uh, just Washington getting a win, I didn't expect that to be a shutout. I didn't expect it to be a 38-point game. I thought it would be pretty close. So, yeah. uh, great, I think, uh, showing of progression for this Washington team.
0: Absolutely. And we saw that, you know, Berkeley Springs was able to move the ball against Hampshire for a half, but then kind of Hampshire was able to shut them down and Hampshire's offense was also able to get things going in, a, in the rushing game. And then that's it's a, you know, the comparison from between Berkeley Springs and Washington, but essentially Washington handled business the way that you would want them to against a team like Hampshire. Like you said, it's good progress.
1: Yeah, I think overall good win. Uh, Musselman, Again, Jefferson's a really good team, so it's tough to judge. But uh, this team just seems to be missing something this year that's kind of holding them back from being in these games like they were last year. So we'll see if they can turn it around this week. should be an intriguing matchup. But we're going to take a break. On the other side of this break, we'll talk about Shepard just dominating Westchester on homecoming and WVU falls to Oklahoma State.
2: Our Segment brought to you by Parsons Ford of Martinsburg at 1400 Shepherdstown Road and online at ParsonsFord.com. They became number one by making you number one first, Parsons.
0: Now, back to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10.
1: welcome you back to the sports mix westchester ran into the danger zone on saturday gosh that was a beatdown that i didn't really see coming wasn't surprised that shepherd won wasn't even surprised that shepherd won by multiple scores but 59 21 and never really close on saturday and besides the first two drives of the game and then after that it was all shepherd
0: yeah first quarter or first I-, I guess three drives of the game sorry yeah, they, they, they took about a quarter to kick it in the gear, but you know, hundred and over 100 yards for both Jordan Barnett and Malachi Brown. Malachi Brown, 159 yards rushing. That's really what they needed to get going because Seth Morgan, the passing game, looked pretty good. And, you know, they, they have Cam Dorner out with an injury right now, but hopefully could be back this week.
1: Yeah. But, no reason to rush him back, though. I don't think Right.
0: right. Even still, you you aware. were kind of feeling pretty confident about the passing game since you know maybe two, three games into the year. With That yeah. Cal game is when we really said, okay, Seth Morgan can really throw the ball around the yard. And even on Saturday, 15 of 21, 237 yards, two touchdowns, no, uh, no interceptions, got sacked three times, but in the end, it's a really good performance from him, and you know, Jeremiah Taylor's been stepping up. Barry Hill, Cordell Batten had a touchdown on Saturday. Uh, Jeremiah Taylor's been impressive since game one. Yeah, it, he's good. Uh, so that's really been nice. But, again, it's the rushing attack that really needed to get going. Like, against Kutztown, you had the three fumbles by, by Brown. And that's
1: still an issue. He fumbled the ball twice on Saturday.
0: Yeah, that's, that still needs to get under control. And that's why I think Jordan Barnett has been getting more carries. And he's been effective 100 yards on 106 yards on 13 carries on Saturday, two touchdowns for himself had the had a 41-yarder, Malachi Brown had a 74-yarder. So, you're not going to always break off big plays like that and against everyone, you know, it's more impressive when you get you know 160 yards on 20 carries or say that your longest carry was, you know, 20 yards or something like that. Yeah. Whereas it's you know one big run. Like we just kind of mentioned last last segment where Alex Eaton for spring mills had 95 yards at the half, but 54 of them were on one run. So it's, it's more impressive when you can sustain it, churn it down the field, but it was, it's still that's, that's impressive to be explosive in the run game is incredibly important to give yourself some balance.
1: I mean, watching the game, it seemed like they were getting those consistent runs of three, four yards, but also able to break the big ones. Um, and it, it felt like they were just, especially late in the game, just, like, pushing around Westchester. And really, I think that big 74-yard run that Malachi had to start the second half just kind of took any momentum that Westchester was trying to have in that second half and just shut it out the door. Whatever they'd done about it at halftime, it just went away because um, they pretty much felt like they had no shot at that point and. uh you know, Shepard just dominated. I mean, they dominated the line of scrimmage. I would say, obviously, the fumbles are still a concern. And uh, luckily, I think only one of those was lost. But um, you got to was... clean that up. Yeah. And overall, you know, you come away with it, you get Cam Dorner back either this week. I don't really see any reason to play him this week unless he's 100% because Bloomsburg, I think, will be possibly even worse than Westchester. I I don't think they're very good, uh, if I'm being honest. So I think Shepard should put up even more points, and they don't really need Cam Dorner this week. But if he's 100%, you know, go ahead and throw him out there, I guess, because there's no reason to hold him back, and, and you never know, I guess. But if he has any sort of, you know... Setback with this injury, I wouldn't want to risk it against a team that you're probably going to beat by multiple touchdowns. But that's this week. In terms of last week's game, you know Westchester, they came in four and three, they fall to four and four. Um, historically, a very good program. Now the last two years, they've been down. The big issue with them has been turnovers. Cooper Jordan has thrown uh, nine interceptions heading into the game. He threw one more. He ends up getting benched in the second half. Had a fumble as well. Like, this team doesn't take care of the football very well, and Shepard took advantage of that. Um, Again, you know, the defense played well. Offense was dominating up front. I was very surprised that this was not close at all, at least for a half. So I think this is a step in a great direction for Shepard. They took that step against Millersville, I felt like, that second half against Millersville where you get the three scores from three different units showed how good this team could be as a complete unit. And then in this game, they came out from the beginning and played that complete football style and, and really dominated from start to finish for the most part and uh, you know played as a whole unit just great. So I really feel like this is now the team that we've been kind of waiting to see. I felt like it started in that second half against Millersville, carried over into this game. I think Bloomsburg, you're just going to see it even more. Now, after that, they get us East Strasburg, who should be a lot better. Uh, than the previous two teams they played should give them a challenge. So hopefully they don't fall into a trap heading into that game. But I do think that this team right now seems to be getting better and better each week. And Coach McCook has laid that out. We're going to try to get better each week. And they've been doing that recently. And I Mm -hmm. think that this team is heading toward what we expect out of them, potentially even a regional championship coming home once again for this team. I wouldn't be shocked because they're playing really good football. They seem to have all the pieces and now they have this running game figured out. They're dangerous. They're very dangerous. If you can run the football in November and December you can win a lot of big games and I think if they can continue to do that uh, they'll be a really good team.
0: Yeah, I think at the very least you're on track to get yourself at least one home playoff game finish in the top four in, in SR1. Currently there's uh, this was shared to me by Russell Goodacre, uh, d 2 Football Bracketology from Inkblot Sports. That okay. has, looking at that, <laughs> that, that has sl- Slippery Rock as the one seed. It right. currently has Shepherd as the four seed. Interesting. They would be taking on uh, Charleston, according to this. But number the three seed is Frostburg State. Frostburg and Charleston play each other this week. Yeah, so but, that'll be that'll be an interesting. If aspect. this
1: plays out how I think it will, which is like season two years ago they'll probably be what they were the two seed that year
0: i think so so I've, i think they'll i've been probably saying, end up with that. i've been saying this is very a very similar team to 2021 i think it's just you don't Some ways you don't they're have better, but you don't have you know an nfl quarterback yeah you have a you have a very good division two quarterback so i like i like where things are headed Hopefully you can avoid Slippery Rock as uh, long as possible because they're they very tough. Yeah, they are I mean, very they're tough.
1: probably not making the PSAC championship game, presuming
0: things right. continue to go how we no, expect you would No, you would need Kutztown to drop the last two, and you need to win the last two.
1: Yeah, so, so they probably won't see Slippery Rock until a potential regional championship, right. but that's way down the line, and no, obviously you have to get there first. But, uh, Colin, what would you kind of take away from it?
2: I mean, we've been hearing... For the past few weeks, whenever we have Wyatt Pelicano on for Wyatt Wednesdays, whenever this offense is clicking on all cylinders, he feels like there's nobody in this country that could stop them. And granted, yes, this was Westchester defense, but I think this is the first time all season long we've seen this offense clicking on all cylinders. We finally had almost a perfect balance, you could probably say, on Shepard's passing and rushing attack this past week in this big win. I know we've been spoiled the past two years because, as Dylan just kind of touched on, we had Tyson Bajan. And not only that. So we were used to blowouts like this. Haven't seen a blowout like this this year. So it was nice to see that. Nice to see the offense really explode and dominate on all three facets of the game.
1: I mean, let's not forget, too, like not only did they have Tyson, and Tyson's obviously great. We're going to talk about him a lot throughout the season in the NFL but like not too many DT schools especially in this region have a guy that's on a practice squad right now a guy that's in the NFL and a guy that was
0: made two it guys, a training camp yeah two guys in, in that Ronnie got, Brown. two guys that got signed right after the draft one that got you know, one that made it all the way to pretty much the last final cut yeah yeah
1: So not too many teams have that. And and let's not forget about those guys, too, because, I mean, those guys were really good players as well. Now, it's a different team in a lot of ways, and I don't like comparing the teams year to year. I think, though, that this defense is playing really good. This is what we kind of expected out of them. Um, It seems like they even have – like, they didn't even have Dwayne Grantham on Saturday. Like Yeah. You think about that, like, Cole Scott comes in, fills a big role. Like, the depth on this team is really high. I think the depth at wide receiver is better this year than we saw last year when they had some injuries. Um, and, and this team's playing at a very high level right now. Now, again, like you'd like to see this continue into Bloomsburg and East Strasburg. I'm not as high on East Strasburg as everybody else has been. Maybe I just need to see it to believe it. Yes, they gave Shepard a few issues last year early in the game, but I don't know. I just feel like Shepard's still going to probably take care of business against them but we'll see in a few
0: weeks they, um, they've taken a jump in the metrics for sure they're a lot but.
1: better than they have been in the past
2: i would agree with that but i just don't know but they if they're did they're just play bloomsburg who we expect shepherd to yeah most likely dominate in east stroudsburg only won 21 16 last week at home against bloomsburg right so
1: you know how good are they
2: we'll see uh
1: there's a difference between being, you know, better than you've been in the past and being ready to beat the Rams,
0: right? So, yeah, I, they, the metrics, SP Plus from Bill Connolly of ESPN has East Stroudsburg just about on par, maybe a point worse than Cal. So it, it should be a competitive one, I'd say.
1: Yeah, possibly. We'll see. Um, but wanted to shout out real quick before we take a break and or go into WVU, I guess. Uh, just shout out our local guys that got some playing time late. Obviously, Sammy Roberts throws his first touchdown pass, so that was cool to see. Ezra Bajan throwing his first completion as well. So I uh, got to see him out there. got to see a lot of young guys like uh, Casey Lanza get some playing time, Christian Slack up front. Um, those were some of the lo- Fleetwood White as well. I believe that was everybody Spencer that Powell got in. Yeah, Spencer Powell actually had a pass attempted to him from, Ty- or from Ezra, uh, which was cool to see, uh, even though they didn't connect, but I made a joke, you know, Marsford jefferson they don't connect That's too right. well, but uh, <laughs> definitely, it definitely was cool to see those guys out there, you know, getting to get some playing time in, in college football game for the first time this season, so mm-hmm. definitely congratulations to them for their playing time opportunities, and uh, continue to do some good things for this team in the future, I would expect, but uh, Colin, your Mountaineers, Dylan, you're Mountaineers,
2: Calling like your Mountaineers. <laughs> I don't even know if I want them anymore. <laughs> uh, that this, was just I, this feels like, to
1: me, I mean, that this team is just going in the complete wrong direction.
2: Yes. It, 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 this was not a great game, especially on the defensive side, which a few weeks ago, a month ago, we were saying was the strength of yeah. this team, the way they were playing. And now you go out and you can't stop. An inside zone run up the middle, you allow Ollie Gordon the second to have 29 carries, 282 yards all by himself, and four touchdowns. And I think,
0: what, over 100 a, a of those and three of those touchdowns were in the fourth quarter?
2: I think you're correct.
0: Yeah. At least two. It might have been three. Yeah, it was at least two. But, yeah, I mean, hey, you're trusting the climb, right? You're not supposed to climb back down the mountain. That's the... That's the thing.
1: And now I'm looking at it like this team's going to go to UCF this week. We already kind of felt like that was going to be a tough game. I think then they have BYU after that, another tough one. So, if it
0: can't be Houston and Oklahoma State. What makes what makes us think that they're going to beat UCF? Like
1: I mean, they, UCF no. record-wise is worse, but they still have a pretty good team and, and UCF and they're going plays on it, the road.
0: I I going to have to look at what UCF did in, in non-conference this year, but it might be
2: on, on the easier side, it's a it's a good. They team. haven't won in conference though.
1: Yeah, but
2: neither did Houston two weeks ago.
1: I think it will be tough, and then of course Oklahoma's on the schedule. So it's like now the question is, will this team even get to a bowl game? I mean, they're four and three. You would expect them to be able to get two more wins, but like it's going to be close. I think Baylor is definitely a bowl game. Winnable.
2: Cincinnati should be Cincinnati a Cincinnati should be a bowl,
1: but it's like. There is a chance that they don't. I mean. Yes, sadly, because for some reason, things are falling apart. And of course, would Duquesne even count because it's not an FCI? Right, yeah, win. that's always
2: the argument. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You still so might be. That get just it depends on point. how many
1: sense, bowl games uh, need All right. filled. So.
2: SP Plus will have
0: a projected score of 33 24 UCF. Okay. Over West Virginia.
2: Yeah. This team just falling apart. I don't. Understand what some of these decisions are in certain situations for WVU. Green, again, the leading rusher. Good runner, but not a good passer. No, not a good passer at all. 15-30. I said Lamar
1: Jackson needs to move to running back. Eric yeah, Green is, needs to move to running back.
2: Well, even Nico we saw at times couldn't throw the ball. Yeah. How, how do you go from last year's issues where Quarterbacks can't run the ball. You wanted to see more read option from the team.
0: Yeah, at least Garrett Green can run the ball. You know, this year. You can
1: do something, what position
0: court- do you switch Nico
2: to? But you go from quarterbacks can throw the ball but can't run to now all your quarterbacks can do are run. Yeah. And then when they do throw it, it's not to your key wide receivers. It's either to a running back or to a tight end. And even at times when you throw to the tight end, you throw it over his head. When he's a guy that's six foot seven.
1: They should have recruited
2: Tyson Bajan. Well, it's not do that. <laughs> he'd be gone now. You never know. Eighteen years of eligibility. Well, maybe maybe they after
0: four years of Tyson they would have realized the the pedigree in the family and then they would have gotten Ezra. Now Ezra would be leading the team to an undefeated record.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right? Hopefully. Um, but they haven't realized their
0: mistake, I guess. I know Travis Bajer would agree with me.
1: Anyway, let's move on and take a break. On the other side of this break, we're going to to talk NFL football. Commanders lose to the Giants, but the Ravens beat up on the Lions. Steelers beat the Rams. Colin,
2: send us away. All right, this segment Brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store, any more cabinets design outdoor living and bedding. Visit them at 360Hack Wilson Wire online at Orsinis.com.
0: Now back to the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM740, and TV10.
2: Tyson Bajant Man Tyson Bajant Man They've given you a number And your name
1: will grow in vain We welcome you back to the sports mix And he is Tyson Bajant Man Leads the Bears to a win. That's That should just put you in the Hall of Fame because that team is terrible. Uh, uh, not everyone
0: can. Where does where does one win as starter put you in the all-time uh, rankings for, for Bears quarterbacks? It can't be that low. It's
1: not. Um, he's already second to Jay Cutler. Might be. <laughs> nah um, <laughs> McMahon, I, right? McMahon won a Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure Justin
0: I'm pretty sure Justin Fields is already like fifth all time in Bears passing yards.
1: Wouldn't be surprised, yeah. Uh, yeah, they haven't had a whole lot of good ones. Or no. any good ones really.
0: They uh, gotta go well now. now they do.
1: But now exactly. they hopefully do, yeah. Tyson looking really good yesterday in terms of like I don't want to like blow it out of proportion. He didn't go out there and throw six touchdowns and, and blow the roof off the place or anything. Uh, but he did go out there and, and did what they asked him to do. Played really well. Took advantage of what the defense gave him. And I think I uh, was saying this to Travis on Saturday off air, and I said this to Dylan before the show. As a backup quarterback in the NFL. If you go out there and you play well for one game and win it, you've earned yourself a job for the next few years because there's not that many opportunities that you're going to get. And, uh, you know, as long as he doesn't go out there this week, and even if he does struggle a little bit, like he's proven that he can win a game in the NFL, play well, not turn the ball over is the biggest takeaway, I feel like, and not get sacked a ton. And you know what? I was watching Fox and – before, you know, the Ravens game. And Michael Strahan's talking about Tyson Bajan. he's like,
2: he's bringing up that tweet. Have you guys seen this tweet? Yes, I hate that this is, is this the only thing no everybody puts on Tyson Bajan. I'm done with that. The
1: Colorado School Minds tweet that yes. they sacked him nine times. Shane, I'm Pino. like, dude, like, first of all, okay, like, this is a... D2 program that puts a lot more money into its program than Shepard. Like, do some research about Colorado School of Mines and not just look at the name and go, oh, that school stinks. Yes, it's it's just a joke.
2: School of Mines? You mean School of Mimes? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look at me. Look at me. No, I hated that.
0: Yeah. I did did not find that How did you not? He was talking as if he watched that game, yeah. But, and he's like, "I watched him throw two interceptions." And throw, then, then did you see that School of Mines' defensive ends ran like four sevens against yeah. D two offensive linemen? Tyson had a second and a half to throw whenever he dropped back against School of Mines. Like- of course, it was it was a bad game all around for the entire team. That it wasn't that Tyson went out and laid an egg. And, like,
1: you're a Hall of Fame football player. You should understand... That football isn't just one player getting sacked. Like it's not on the quarterback. It's not on one particular guy. It's on everybody. Right? All eleven guys got to do their job on every play. And it's like you're going to completely discredit what Tyson Bajans accomplished. So I was really happy that he played well. Kind of shut up that kind yeah. of. Yeah, but side I get
0: it. They're trying to get their clicks off. Like, oh, this guy's he he just he did this against his D two school. Now he's got to play against the Raiders. Like, first of all. It's the Raiders. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> this is a 1975, right? Right. But we, I think clearly he went out here. Listen, the, the final stat line, 21 of 29, 162 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, only about a five and a half yards per, per attempt. The Bears were not asking Tyson to go out there and win them the game single handedly. They uh, went him out. They had him go out there. and Don't make mistakes. We're gonna run the ball a lot. They ran the ball 38 times for 173 yards, by the way. Deontay Foreman looked like a world beater. Looked like Ronnie Brown, <laughs> pretty much. Him and uh, De'Arenton Evans also, were, were, right? <laughs> exactly. But still, they, they they both ran the ball really well for for the Bears. So they didn't ask Tyson to do a whole lot, but what they did ask him to do, he executed it well. Just like, you know, check mostly check downs, mostly first, second read, West Coast offense type stuff. Just matriculate, his strengths. matriculate the ball down the field. Yeah, they didn't ask He didn't need to chuck the ball 25 yards down the field because it, the short game was working. The short game and the run game worked. That's all they really needed to do. That's That's what your backup quarterback is there to do. When someone like Justin Fields, who's a dynamic athlete, has this big, you know, cannon of an arm, throw it down the field. That's Ohio State, <laughs> right? Exactly. When a guy like that goes down, those guys don't grow on trees. Even if Justin Fields isn't among the best of them, right. like a like a Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, who who have you? When those guys go down, you don't ask. You don't have a backup quarterback on your roster that you say go in and do the exact same thing that he did. You got you bring a guy in. You simplify your playbook down. You say, hey, just. Get us down the field. We'll run the ball a little more unless you're just really dynamic. And he executed exactly what you wanted him to do.
1: Yeah, and and anyway, I mean, I feel like Tyson played really well, like you said. He he took advantage of what was there. He did what they told him to do and and got a win. I mean, so, uh, you know, I I was pretty impressed. I wasn't sure how it was going to work out for him just because we knew it was a big challenge. I mean, I knew he could handle all that, but I just wasn't sure if the talent around him would be good enough. Mm-hmm. And, and their offensive line definitely stepped up. Yeah. They played a lot better. too. And 34. it seems like, like, I don't know if you guys saw Tyson's postgame locker room speech or anything like that, but it seems like these guys are really rallying around him mm-hmm. and he's bought into the locker room. So once you have that, uh, you can have success in the NFL. And I think we knew he had the talent to go out there and play well. um, and it, ha- it wasn't the toughest matchup, like we said. You know, the Raiders aren't an elite defense. They do have some good players like Max Crosby. But um, they were able to, you know, contain him. And, and once they did that, I felt like he would be fine. And they got him some support with the running game as well. So, really good performance for your first career game. And I just continue to be amazed by this guy, you know, considering all the things that have gone against him. He's just continued to overcome all of that and, and have success. It, it's really Pretty inspiring, honestly. It is to yeah. see, you know, what he's achieved. But you know, I, I would just say for anybody that you know looks at one game from his D two career, like how about the fact that he has the he's touchdown the record in NCAA mm-hmm. football? How about that? Like, like nobody brings that stuff up, or it's very much brought up to the side. It's like let's remind you that this guy, like, he can play. Uh, and and if, even if you just watched his like, preseason tape, you could see that he could play at, at a higher level.
0: Yeah, so Stephen Ruiz of the Ringer got a lot of flack this week. I'll take the blame for some of that because Steven's a friend of mine. I posted on the Highly Disputed Twitter account his, his write-up of, of Tyson in the uh, the QB rankings. He, Tyson came in last for, uh, in his rankings of 36 quarterbacks that have played so far this year, and I took some of the negative parts of it. And posted it online, and people got mad, saying, "Oh, how can you say all these things?" But if you took the whole context of everything that Ruiz said about Tyson, it included him saying, "This is basically what Brock Purdy would look like in a bad offense with with bad weapons around him." And he was impressed overall, it, you know. And honestly, kind of inside <laughs> on the inside here, put in some stuff about Tyson being kind of below average size because he thought. Uh, what I'm saying about this D2 guy, rookie, that sounds a little too positive, but I got to kind of, like, lighten it down a little bit. So, but overall, even he gr- agrees that, like, this is, you know, Brock Purdy's surrounded by Debo Samuel and Ayuk and Kittle and McCaffrey. If you were to put all of the great offensive line led by, you know, Trent Williams and, the, and such, if you put all of that around Tyson Bajan, based off what we've seen so far, I don't think it would look that much different. Yeah, maybe not. I, don't, I think, I don't I think like, Purdy does have maybe a little bit of a better arm, maybe take some more risk down the field. But, I mean, we know Tyson can sling the ball.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't like taking away what Brock Purdy's achieved just based on right. the team that he's played for because I think very much like Tyson, like, pretty much undrafted, last pick in the draft. Nobody had any expectations for him. And yeah, you can say other guys could come in and do that, but like Trey Lance, who was the fifth pick in the draft or whatever, he came in there and he never has looked as good as Brock Purdy's looked in that offense. So I don't think it's just plug and
0: play. No, it's, it's a particular type of skill set and mindset that it takes to be that sort of game manager and do it well and you know even exceed at some points. I think Trey Lance just didn't have that sort of... There's the processing of... Going through your reads and one—it's not that any type of quarterback can do it, but it doesn't need to be that, you know, Patrick Mahomes, that top-level guy. Right, that that can, makes sense. So I, I just think that Tyson is one of those guys that you could plug into a, you know, the Dolphins too. I think if, if obviously, Tua is incredibly accurate, but I, I think a lot of similar things could happen in that offense if you plugged in a Brock Purdy or or a Tyson Bajan
1: I think we'll have a better idea this week with the Chargers because mm-hmm. at the very least the Chargers um, do have an offense that can put up some points. Yeah. The Raiders were starting their backup quarterback as well and Brian Hoyer. Yeah, the time of possession there. And they were not very good on offense, so it was yeah. like there was multiple opportunities for Tyson to play well. Chargers' defense isn't that great either, though, so it should still you know look pretty similar, but they do have some big names like Khalil Mack on that defense. Uh that you have to contain. So we'll see. I mean, hopefully, again, I think Tyson's got a good chance to start again with Fields still being out. Um, will he win the job from Justin Fields? I don't know about that. If he wins next week. It, it I mean, starts the conversation. conversation starts.
0: Starts, if nothing else, it it's starts a conversation of, do you trade Justin Fields? Do you trade Tyson Bajan? Do you, do you, does someone in the offseason watch Tyson have two or three good games and say, let's trade like a fourth-round pick for this guy and we can start Yeah,
1: him. Matt Flynn. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, if it works out for Tyson, he gets a lot of money at the end of the day, right? If he exactly. continues to play well at the very least, then hey, uh, very impressed. Very uh, happy with what we saw. We didn't get a chance to talk Commanders, Ravens, and Steelers, but commanders that's Commanders right. don't
2: deserve it. It's another day.
1: We can talk about that tomorrow, Colin. We can talk. I mean, about We your... still
2: got a final minute. You can go on and celebrate the Ravens. I don't want to talk about the Commanders. <laughs> they don't deserve it. Um, everybody on the offensive line should be sent to the XFL.
1: Joey Fisher's out there. Bring him in.
2: Yeah, yeah. Todd Bunkham was in his bag yesterday.
1: Lamar Jackson was in his bag. I was, I was very yeah.
0: Impressed. Lamar Jackson too. That was great. We can talk. I mean, we can talk about it more tomorrow if we won. But I. Just the lions. True bloom off the field. I thought they were supposed to be like the best team in the NFC. I mean, maybe they are the Rams are just that good. I don't know. It's just
1: one game, right? Every action Monday. But uh, yeah. that doesn't appear for us. Colin, uh, go ahead.
2: Close yeah. us out. Um, that wraps things up on the other side of this. We'll have the Neil Brown press conference after last week's loss to Oklahoma State. It'll be interesting to see what he has to say about the Mountaineers performance. But for Nick Verzolini as well as Dylan Bishop on Colin McLaughlin, this is, been, excuse me, the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10.